Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You know what I want. Hey, that's pretty damn good. The Raptors defeat the Dallas Mavericks 105 to 100. Luka, probably their best defensive performance against him in some time. And the Raptors, they did it without guys like Pascal Siakam, without Precious Achua, without some of their best defenders. I'll list the full injury list after this. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I am your host, Samson Folk. And it is, of course, brought to you by Goldfinger Law, where, hey, you only pay if you win. And you can contact them at 416-730-1777. One of the best games, as I said, that they've played against Luka as a whole, uh, we saw three, I would say, star performances. Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, and Chris Boucher. Everybody else behind that did a pretty damn good job of staying connected defensively. The Raptors, as they often do with Luka, brought two to the ball, forced it out of his hands on occasion, they would leave OG in single coverage. It wasn't like blitzing as soon as Luca came across half court. The Raptors in this one, they were blitzing if there was a screening action. If a defender comes up, the Raptors are going to bring their own guy and they're going to they're gonna double. They don't want Luca to be able to get around the corner. And on the other side, well, behind that, they're going to bring a lot of guys into the lane to dissuade rollers. None of the easy baskets. The ball is going to go out to guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, Reggie Bullock. You know, Dwight Powell is usually the screener, not him. But those types of guys, Christian Wood, etc. And the Raptors did a pretty damn good job of getting, you know, they, they had some shots made early. They had a really bad start to the game. The Mavericks were making shots. The Raptors, be it OG or Fred, Gary initiating, any of those guys couldn't get anything going. But what did happen was... The Raptors eventually started getting some misses from the Mavericks. Lucas started pressing a little bit. He wanted the ball. He wanted to try and escape these doubles, draw guys out. He wanted to see if he could get a step around the edge. A lot of times the Raptors caught up to him, had him pass the ball out either one pass away or through a skip that didn't gain the full advantage that they wanted. Keep in mind, the Raptors have a ton of movement on their defense. If they're clicking well, if they're connected, this is a team that they can keep that stuff at bay. If they, if you airmail the pass out to the other side of the floor, the Raptors are engaged within their scheme to catch up to that. And everybody behind that guy shooting out to the corner says, if it's a pump and go, if the guy puts the ball on the floor, I need to be rotating back there. In a game over the course of 48 minutes, yes, some stuff is missed. There's some late rotations. But a pretty damn good job of the Raptors as a whole keeping Luka in front of them, and then catching up to everything behind them. Luka, actually, on the other hand, uh, did a pretty good job of working off ball. But the Raptors, this was a a special defensive performance. And honestly, I got to say, having OG Ananobi kind of tethered to Luka's minutes, especially playing the whole second half the way he did, 
this was one of my favorite performances by him as a Raptor. It's it's superstar stuff. The fact that you can go out there and get 26 on one end, and and nobody was doubling OG. That's that's fair to say. But you guard Luka all night, Luka Doncic, and you get 26 on the other end. That's gnarly, dude. That's that's all star stuff. I want to see him there in February. I want to see him in the jersey, classed, clad, whatever the term is. I want to see him dolled up, dude. Get put him in the Eastern Conference team, LeBron, team Curry, whatever, whatever it ends up being. I want to see him in that jersey, man. He could get there. This is a defensive player of the year candidate. This is looking like an all defense shoeing. This is a guy who's creeping ever and ever closer to 20 points per game. He's he had a, a pull up three to start the game off, get himself going, take the take the Raptors from four points to seven. But it was the drives on, you know, the offensive end, the drives, the willingness to come out that wide pin and just turn it downhill. Get get that that post up. Repost. Turn it downhill. Keep pushing forward. And he even he he should have 28 points. Probably 30, actually. Got called for a travel. That wasn't a travel. And got called for an offensive foul. That probably shouldn't have been an offensive foul either. He was so damn good. And then Fred was so damn good. And then Boucher was so damn good. It's like the Raptors, when they have Fred and OG, there's this thing that they're in any game if those guys play well. The Raptors as a whole, and let's do this now, we're missing Otto Porter, Scotty Barnes, Delano Banton, Precious Achua, and Pascal Siakam. That's a lot of guys, for the record. And that is a Pascal Siakam who was in early MVP conversations. That is a Precious Achua who was worse to start the year than he would like. Certainly less than Nick Nurse, the guy who's calling for the certain amount of minutes would like. And, and Scotty Barnes... That, that's a guy who just won Rookie of the Year, and when he was playing next to Pascal, was just awesome. And Otto Porter Jr., who just was in a, you know, a finals rotation. The winning team, by the way. It's a lot, you know, that's a good team that's not even playing. But with Fred and OG, what you get is great defensive acumen, pedigree, and a willingness to always go out and get it each game that comes. And that's a little bit cliche, but the more specific thing is that they had some of their best games. And with Fred, that means his his pull-up shot was going. It means he was getting around the edge in the pick and roll, making plays towards the bucket that lobbed Chris Boucher, maybe most importantly, but spraying out to the corner, being able to put a little bit of pressure on the defense, where in some games when he's not feeling his best, he doesn't really turn that corner. He's mostly kept above the break. In this one, getting to the free throw line or below it often enough to keep the defense in Dallas turning. And OG, as I said, being willing to put the ball on the ground, use his strength to pressure defenses and test defenses. Because OG, the way he's being guarded like a primary, doesn't have these big gaps that are so apparent in front of him. What he does have is a defender and a back line. And what he can do is take that, press the defender and say, are you going to stop me with the ball? If my shoulder hits your shoulder, am I going to keep, am I going to be able to keep stepping to the rim to try and finish? The answer oftentimes is yes. And in this game, the answer was yes. Yes, of course, there were a couple, you know, side top side actions that bring the ball into his hands and he catches a three. That's perfect. That's so good. 
But most importantly in this game, the seven free throw attempts, constantly getting downhill, the great defense on Luka, a seismic, seismic performance from OG. And then Chris Boucher. Boucher changed the, the whole outlook of this game. He comes in the game. He's on the offensive glass. He's cutting. He's active defensively. He helped them everywhere on the floor that they needed help. And then kind of, you know, like you kickstart an engine. He kickstarted the team as he so often does. He showed everybody, hey, I can just step into the game, start affecting it. You guys come on and join me because the Raptors were they were playing so poorly before that. And so much so that Chris Boucher started the second half in place of Wancho, even though Wancho was quite good. Boucher's just that much better. He's coming off the bench, what, for like, what, 22 and 13? He, he's so tremendous, dude. He, he's incredible. That last bucket, when he made the shot and he starts walking to half court, ha- hyping up the crowd, so nice to see. This, you know, Canadian kid came through the back door of the NBA. There's some great quotes after this game, you know. They asked Fred if he's ever, you know, well, they, I think it was Michael Grange or Josh Lundberg. I can't remember who was in the room at that point in time. But they asked, you know, Fred, have you ever seen Chris play this well? And he said, well, did you watch him in the G League? He was box office. And then when Chris came in and we were all talking to him later, they asked Chris about it, you know, to be funny and to kind of get the the full circle commentary. And Chris says, yeah, it was must-see TV. I was I was doing everything. Nice to revisit, you know, the halcyon days. But Chris also made sure to say the NBA is much better. And the pay uh, most certainly is. <laughs> That's worth pointing out. You know, there, there were a couple guys like, you know, Coloco and Flynn who did not find their pacing in this game. And that's OK. Flynn less so because Flynn really needs to make the most of these opportunities with with less people in the rotation. And he didn't. And Jeff Delton Jr. looked like the better guard tonight, which is why Jeff Delton played twice as much as Flynn and had many more impactful plays. That was worth noticing. Coloco, Coloco, the last time they played Dallas, Coloco did not have a good time. And it makes sense that the Raptors, with how much the back line was moving in this game and how much it was about being on a string, because they're sending two to the ball. And also on top of that is, you know, if they bring that screen and a guy like Thaddeus Young, who started this game, is able to kind of step out on Thad, Thad is going to be much better stepping out on the perimeter and keeping fouls to a minimum, keeping, you know, the passing angles, making them more difficult, understanding where Luca kind of wants to go, as tough as it is to stop him, you can't give him option A, B, or C. Make Luca, even though he can accomplish great things with options, you know, Y and Z, you gotta you gotta move him down the line. And Thad does a better job of that than Coloco. Coloco has shown so much stuff as as a defender and will continue to, but this wasn't the game for him. I think he had three fouls right away. He just he had a really tough time. Anyway, Thad, for what it's worth, a very Thaddeus Young performance. Not the not the huge numbers, like the 16 points or anything like that, but he had the assists. He linked up with Wancho twice. Man, they link up, those two. They know how to link up. You know, I, I made that joke that the, the UN is studying their connection to, uh, to implement what they do as these uh, inter- international relations, collaborations type things. You know, maybe a good joke, maybe not. Uh, anyway, they link up again. Wancho, he's a guy who played with the Gasol brothers. He's a guy who plays with Team Spain. That is a team, you know, Team Spain. They run a ton of set actions. And they also run a ton of freewheeling stuff that features post hubs who make great reads as passers. 
There's something about playing with those types of guys that conditions you to make reads as a cutter. Wancho continues to make genuinely tremendous reads as a cutter. And who better than Thad Young as a trigger man? As we've seen, they're, uh, they're doing a pretty damn good job of it. Wancho also two threes in this game. Nick Nurse afterwards seemed to give him a huge vote of confidence saying, when I see him take this shot, I think it's going in. So good for you, Wancho. And, and defensively, rotations, pretty damn good. I mean, the hands have been good. The hands have been really good, I should say. And uh, despite, there's, there's some times where you can tell he has a lot of ground to cover, and he does not cover it as well as a lot of other players on this team. But in the, in the close stuff, when he's closer to the ball, and he's not left as like, you know, the guy doing the weak side zone, and he has to cover, I don't know, 800 square feet, and, and you know, be in the middle of it and try and, make the you know the passer make the wrong decision when he's in those close quarters stuff and he's helping from one guy away or something like that or he's kind of digging down into the paint and mucking up passing lanes he's actually looked quite good that's awesome to see he also helps out on the glass i mean how many rebounds do you have five he had seven or eight the other game you know it's it's not necessarily he's not a a staunch performer he's not a staunch member of the rotation but he certainly, and many other players during this run with all these injuries, are probably giving Nick Nurse some ideas of maybe this is a 10-deep team, 11 on some nights, instead of 8 or 7. And that is a huge vote of confidence. And they've now, they're now they now 5-5 five and five without Pascal, 10-9 and nine on the season. These are, these are big developments. Also, like, yes, Jeff Downton Jr., Pretty good at the point of attack, I gotta say. Uh, Dallas, be it Luca or Bullock or Dinwiddie, even Josh Green, these guys, they didn't have, they couldn't keep up with Delton Jr. It's not like Delton is, you know, the best shot maker in the NBA or even relative to other guards, like even middle of the pack. But his first step is lightning quick, and so he was punching into the middle of the the Mavs defense and making like laydowns. Good reads from there. He had an offensive rebound and then passed out for a three. It was like just nice stuff. Being a basketball player, going out and doing stuff, playing defense. Jeff, you know, there are many people I know who looked at him in summer league and said, this kid has got something. And, you know, everybody who said that out loud or wrote it down or whatever, we're seeing the fruits of his labor. You know, this guy's crafting a career for himself and deservedly so. Good for him, man. And also, Kim Birch, pretty damn solid. Um, had, had some nice rolls to the rim, brought a little bit of, of punch, the offensive end, some shot making that is not always there. But the Raptors are now 7-2 and two when he plays. That's a nice little vote of confidence. And on top of that, the defense was pretty damn good. I, uh, I liked Kim. I, li- I liked his minutes at the back end there. But obviously, the, the stars of the front court were well, the star of the front court was Boucher, and then OG. Uh, you wouldn't really consider him anything close to the front court tonight, even though he competed on the glass, and that was great. But he's spending so much time with Luca above the break and stuff like that. But yeah, man, lots of really fun performances in this one. Fred, yeah, just so he's so undersized in that backcourt. But the decision making as a defender to be in the right spots to. He's just really got a knack for it, dude. And it's no wonder that people mention him as an all-defense candidate because, you know, even though it's been a little bit down, he's been fighting through injuries, as we've seen over history. Injuries affect small guards a lot, but 
He continues to grit it out. The offense in this one, tremendous, man. And the defense, too. Great decision-making from him. There are a couple times where I'm like, okay, he got a little bit deep when he was the, you know, if if Luca is like gnashing or let's say he's getting baseline, right? Coming from the top, getting down to the baseline, turning it kind of like gnashing the pick and roll or something like that. Sometimes you want to take away that pass from the corner. Sometimes you want to dig in on the guy in the dunker spot on the opposite side. It depends what you're going to do really on where your help is. And sometimes Fred gets a little bit greedy about the dig, even when there's a guy there with him. He wants that drop pass. He wants to dig in and get a steal. And sometimes he leaves the corner three open. That happened a couple times, but this has been something Fred has always done. And, you know, it's probably more important in the Raptor scheme for Fred to help on those dump-ins because Raptors don't have a ton of size at the rim to contend the ball once it's already there, especially without Coloco or Achua in the lineup. But, yeah, Fred... I, I don't mean to like poo-poo the defensive performance, just something I've noticed over the years. But anyway, yeah, hell yeah, Fred. Just what a, what a performance from the guys, you know? Jeez, it's really impressive for them to take the ball out of Luca's hands so often. You know, OG Ananobi, after the game, he said, you know, what do we what do we look for? He was asked, what do you look for as a, you know, the statistical marker of what you're trying to achieve when you guard Luca?" And Luca now two games in a row has only attempted 15 shots against the Raptors. The first game obviously didn't go so well, but in this game, eight of 15 from the floor, you know, four turnovers, not a whole bunch of assists. I think he had eight assists, but like, sorry, sorry, nine assists. But man, they they did a pretty damn good job of getting the ball out of his hands and then catching up. And even sometimes OG rushed him into spots, and where Luca thought, okay, I might have OG beat. He basically never did. And that that led to some of the turnovers where Luca, like it's an earlier pickup point than he wanted. He has to try and bail out a little bit. And then the Raptors are super active in passing lanes. Like it was just really, really nice work because Luca isn't going to make a mistake when he's comfortable. He's always going to make a great pass. He's always going to make a read that beats your defense. But if OG can make him uncomfortable with that point of attack defense, even though he's not doing it alone all the time, that's a really big deal. That's something that was just awesome to see. And, you know, as, as great as Dorian Finney-Smith is, you know, in all the other aspects of the game, as great as, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie is a lot of the time, uh, Christian Wood can blow up all, like he's he's a tremendously talented scorer. You know, Maxi Kleba is also quite good. None of these guys tonight had it to press the Raptors where they were weak. And it made the Raptors, with all the movement, even with all the movement, seem like a very strong linked fence. They uh, they didn't get the perimeter punched that often. And that's a super, super big deal. The uh, Reggie Evans Award, I mean, who else could it possibly go to? Chris Boucher. And like the thing is, Chris Boucher could win this every single night. He's just, his his energy is so infectious. He's such a talent. And that length, man, the length in the motor. He has a ton of ball skills that guys his size don't have, which is he's, of course, not like one of those big wings or anything like that. But Chris Boucher in a pinch, putting the ball on the floor, making a read here and there. And and despite the shooting not being a massive part of this performance tonight, it's uh, it's always something that's interesting because he gives you that significant floor. Chris Boucher is always going to provide 
significant amount of rebounding and defense and finishing at the bucket, he's going to do his best. That's why nobody should have cared that he went two for 15 last game. Who cares? Like, it's an aberration. He got blocked. Nick Nick Claxton, you know, how many blocks did he have in that game? Five. How many did Durant have? Four. Who cares? Like, one game, Boucher just completely oddly shot two for 15. He was getting after it. And this is the game that follows up. And it's like, yeah, he got after it. And he finished with 22 points. And sure, it took 19 shots. But the Raptors, you score 105 points in a game. The other team scores 100. You need those low efficiency possessions. And he wasn't even low efficiency. It just wasn't blowing your mind or anything like that. He just provides so much. Hell yeah, Chris. Uh, Extremely well done. The top quick reaction comment. For anybody who's politically inclined, uh, I guess in favor of Donald Trump, you will not like this. My apologies. Quote from B Herbs, by the way. Quote, always love it when the raps do what Trump can't win. End quote. Uh, I, I, I suppose nobody really cares what my political opinions are. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you probably do. Uh, it, as far as on this podcast, I don't espouse. I mean, there's like, I support lower class people all the time. That's probably the only through line on this podcast. But as far as like political figures, I don't talk much. I'm not a Trump guy. Uh, apologies to anybody out there who's disappointed with this news, but, uh, you know, that's that's true. Trump did not win the last election, although he did win once. I guess he's 50-50 at this point. Uh, if anybody wants my punditry, uh, I don't expect he'll win the next one. Anyway, the Raptors win. Thanks for writing in, B. Herbs. Uh, thanks for tuning in, listener. Uh, if you're on YouTube, make sure to like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and go over to raptorsrepublic.com and subscribe. I'm not sure if the Black Friday sale is still on, but you could, it's a really great deal. I think it was like a dollar for three months. What a deal. Steal of a deal, as it were. If you're listening on the podcast channel, thanks for tuning in. I, I just adore that you listen to me after these games. Thank you. Uh, yeah, whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.